Welcome, everyone, to the Farm CPA podcast presented by Top Producer. I am Paul Neefer, your host. In today's podcast, we're actually going to do a special podcast on the new emergency relief program, ERP. Now, for many of you that are associated with or use computers, you'll understand that there are ERP systems out there related to management accounting, management information systems. We're not talking about that. We're talking about emergency relief program. It essentially replaces the old WIP Plus program. It's been updated for the changes because back at the end of September uh, 30th of 2021, uh, President Biden did sign into law the Extending Government Funding and Delivering Emergency Assistance Act. That's a little bit of a mouthful, which did provide an extra $10 billion in assistance Uh, primarily for producers that were affected by weather. Now, when we think of of WIP, maybe we think of wildfires, we might think of of hurricanes, uh, et cetera, but this has been expanded. It's it's almost any weather event, and we'll go through what weather events are are covered under this here as, as we dig into the details. This primarily right now is for calendar years 2020 and 2021. This is called phase one. Uh, What they released today was the phase one. Phase two will probably cover 2022. We'll also cover anything that wasn't paid out as part of phase one. Uh, Now they've already paid out some additional amounts for uh, livestock forage and so on, but this is really for uh, crop and and potentially livestock stock, but I would really call this more related to crop producers instead, including specialty crop producers. You're going to find out that the payment limits for specialty crops are are much higher in some cases. Uh, So who is eligible? Again, this is going to be based on farmers that primarily have signed up for crop insurance or NAP, you know, for those that uh, aren't able to be qualified under crop insurance, you got your non-insured crop disaster assistance program. Typically, that's at the 50% level. And the weather events, so let me just go through them. There's quite a few here. So we've got wildfires, hurricanes, floods, durochos, if I pronounce it correct, excessive heat, that definitely hit out here in the West last year, winter storms, freezes, including a polar vortex. That that happened in Texas last last, uh, winter. We remember that. Smoke exposure, the West Coast understands that, or the Western U.S. understands that. Excessive moisture, certainly that's going on right now up in uh, the Dakotas in, in Minnesota. Qualifying drought, okay, so this is a little bit new, qualifying drought, and then related conditions. So let's go through some of those related conditions. So if it's excessive wind that occurred as a direct result of a derocho, Silt and debris that occurred as a direct result of flooding. So not just only the flooding, but also the silt and debris. Excessive winds, storm surges, tornadoes, tropical storms, and tropical depressions that occurred as a direct result of a hurricane. Then excessive wind and blizzards that occurred as a direct result of a winter storm. So those are sort of the related weather events. Now, drought. 
this this is the biggie, especially out in my area for last year. ERP assistance is available if any area within the county in which the loss occurred, so any area in that county, was rated by the U.S. Drought Monitor as having a drought intensity of at least D2, which is severe drought, for eight consecutive weeks, or it reached at least D3. So once it hits D3, that means it's been an extreme drought. It automatically meets that eight-week period. Uh, so that that's pretty expansive. Now on the website, they have a list. There's a, a, a list of the counties that qualify for 2020 and 2021. And certainly out in my neck of the woods, Pacific Northwest, almost all the counties in 2021 for Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, uh, probably even Wyoming, um, uh, possibly the, some of the Dakotas, uh, almost all the counties qualified in 2021. And then how do you apply? Well, again, this is sort of how it's calculated is based on your crop insurance. So it, essentially RMA is gonna have the records. They understand what you signed up for and so on. So supposedly what the fact sheet indicates is that FSA office will pre-populate the application for you. It's your responsibility to verify it and, and make sure that the calculations are correct. Uh, again, they indicate just because you've got a pre-filled application does not mean it's confirmation that the producer is eligible to receive that phase one payment. Uh, you have to finish completing it and then turn it in. If you've previously participated in these programs, the required forms are already going to be on file. Uh, also, certain producers, you know, typically it's going to be beginning farmers, socially disadvantaged farmers, veteran, any farmer and rancher that's qualified veteran. Uh, essentially, those uh, types of producers will actually qualify for an additional bump in the payment rate. Uh, instead of getting 100%, they'll get 115%. So let's say that you qualified uh, for $100 per acre. If you're one of those um, segments of the producer population, you'll get $115. So that's how it'll go. Um, and essentially, the ERP phase one payment calculation for a crop and unit, so you could be based on a unit, will depend on the type and level of coverage obtained by the producer. And I'm sort of reading from the fact sheet right here. So RMA and FSA will calculate each producer's loss consistent with the loss procedures for the type of coverage purchase, but using the ERP factor in place of the coverage level. So if the coverage level was 60%, the ERP coverage level is going to be 85%. And there's a table, and I'll go quickly through these uh, tables as to what those replacement percentages will be. The calculated amount will then be adjusted by subtracting out the net crop insurance insurance indemnity or NAP or NAP NAP payment, which is equal to the producer's gross crop insurance indemnity or NAP payment are received for those losses minus service fees and premiums. Uh, so actually, uh, you know, I, my example that I'm going to share a little bit later on. You know, the actual payment amount might be a little bit higher because I did not factor in backing out the premium. So uh, that, that you know, I'll, I'll just have to let you know that the example I'm going to share with you, because I worked this up on our blog, both on AgWeb and 
and on our regular blog at farmcpatoday.com. Uh, I did not back out the premiums, so that that's something that would be an additional amount. Now, what are those factors? So if you're catastrophic, you go from 50, the ERP factor is going to be 75. If you're more than 50 but less than 55, then you'll be at 80%. And essentially, for every 5% above that, you're going to get an extra 2.5% bump. So example, if you're at least 65 to 70, it's 87 and a half. If you're 70, but not more than or not or less than 75%, you're 87 and a half. Uh, excuse me, you're at 90 at that point. And then all the way up to 95% if you're at least 80%. So if you're at the 85% level, you're going to get an extra 10% bump, so to speak. But remember, it's not 10% because all that extra 10% is pure. If you already received a crop insurance payment, that extra 10% is 10% of the gross because uh, you're at that coverage level. So it's a pretty good deal. Now, when you're at lower levels, that extra percentage as a percent, so let's take catastrophic, you're at 50%, now you're at 75%, well, that's a 50% bump, but remember, there's going to be a payment limit, which we'll cover here in a minute, so it's not quite as good as it might be if you're a larger producer, because remember, as a larger producer, crop insurance payments have no payment limits. ERP does have a payment limit, so, so that's something to be aware of. Now in your NAP, so this is NAP. Again, it's if you're at the 50, it's 75. No, excuse me. If you're at 50, it's 80%. 55 is 85. Just add 30%. So if you're at the 65%, which is the maximum level you can go under NAP, you're now at 95%. And again, they use the term historically underserved producers. So that's your uh, limited resources, beginning farmers, socially disadvantaged, veteran farmers and ranchers, and so on. Uh, and in order to qualify for that, you need to have a CCC-860 form on file with the FSA. So if you have that form on file, just understand that you're going to get that extra 15% bump. Now let's start digging a little bit into the payment limitation. Uh, yes, there will be a payment limitation. If you are a specialty crop, especially if you don't qualify for, you know, typical crop insurance, but a specialty crop, you're going to have $125,000 limit. All other crops, so the ones normally covered by crop insurance, uh, it has to be determined by the FSA what is specialty and what is not. But let's let's just ver verify for most of the listeners here: corn, soybeans, wheat sorghum, rice, cotton, et cetera, those are all going to be one, one, uh, well, cotton, yeah, it should be, uh, yes, cotton, they'll all be added together. You add them all up, your payment limit's 125000 So if you grow both specialty crops and non-specialty crops, your payment limit's going to be 250000 However, if you can verify to FSA that more than 75% of your adjusted gross income is from farming, then you qualify for an enhanced payment limit. Now, the payment limit for specialty crops, big boost, 900,000. 
for all other crops, wheat, corn, soybeans, add them all together, total payment limit is 250,000. And remember, if you're an entity, you're a corporation, you're an LLC, you're an LP, LLP, whatever it might be, any of those legal entities, you're gonna have one payment limit, even though you have seven owners. If you're a general partnership or a qualified joint venture, then there is no payment limit at the partnership level or the qualified joint venture. Then you drop down to the persons, so the partners, and then each of those partners then would have to qualify for the additional 75%. So if each partner's AGI from farming is more than 75% of total AGI, then your partnership would qualify you know, however, based on ownership and so on. Remember that you still got all those ownership rules. You have to take a look at that. Now, one thing, and we verified this with the state office. Uh, I know there's been some local offices out there that what we have heard is if you have negative farm AGI, but that negative farm AGI, or you have negative AGI, and the negative farm AGI is greater than 75% of total negative AGI then you qualify. No, at least based on understanding for the state level, that does not qualify. Uh, you have to have positive farm income. So for many of you out, out there, it may be difficult for you to qualify for the enhanced payment. Because remember, we're looking for 2020 crop year. We look at 2016, 2017, and 2018 average AGI. And then for 2021, add an extra year. And then 2022 would be 18 through 2020. Uh, also realize that when we're dealing with the average AGI calculations, if you are, normally we'd be looking at, there'd be a limit due to the fact that your AGI is over 900,000. As far as I can tell, reading the fact sheet, there is no AGI limit. This is based on uh, essentially uh, the the only AGI limit, if you want to call it, that's not a limit. It's an increase in the payment limit. So so that's good. Now, in order to prove that more than 75% of your AGI is from farming, the FSA in their manual, their handbook, the 6PL, and I believe I mentioned that it's on, in the blog, I mentioned it's on pages 873 and 874, there is a sample letter that either a CPA or an attorney can draw up because in order for you to certify to the FSA, you have to fill out form FSA-510. But we as CPAs, I'm a CPA, we're not allowed to certify or we can't sign that form. There is a spot for us to sign that form, but we as CPAs are not able to sign that form. So the FSA in conjunction with the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants got together many years ago and went ahead and helped create a form for dealing with the AGI limits. And FSA took that form and sort of tweaked it to apply for this more than 75%. And you gotta remember under CFAP, there was the rules that you got excess payment limits um, if, if, or at least under the old WIP plus program, you got extra payment limits based on the fact that your AGI was over 75%. So essentially, this is still uh, at that level. Uh, there is a requirement that you have to get insurance for the next two crop years after you receive 
an ERP payment. So if you receive an ERP payment in 2022, likely that means you have to then make sure you sign up for crop insurance in both 2023 and 2024. Now, coverage requirements, yeah, it may depend on the timing and availability, blah, 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 blah. I'm not sure if if, you know, if you're getting paid based on the fact that you had 85% coverage, does that mean coverage in, eight, in 2023 and 2024 have to be 85%? Don't know. I'm, I'm guessing maybe not, but potentially it could be. So that's something that you do need to be aware of. Let's go ahead and take a look at some examples based on the fact sheet. So this is based on what I think the fact sheet is indicating the calculations will be. I'm going to use Columbia County, state of Washington. That's where I'm based. That's actually where I'm recording it right now. I'm looking out on my pond and our hillside and so on. We had a producer that had an APH of 100 bushels per acre and elected 80% RP crop insurance. The final 2021 harvest price was 986 per bushel, so $986. So 986 times 100 is a gross of 986 times 80% is $789. And I'm rounding to the nearest dollar here when I go through these examples. Final harvest yield was 60 bushels for total harvest revenue of $592. That means the farmer received $197 per acre in 2021 as crop insurance proceeds. Using the new 95% ERP factor, that means our total guarantee revenue is now $936. This results in an ERP payment, a gross payment of $345. However, we received $197, so the final ERP payment calculated amount is $148, but we have to multiply that by the total number of acres, then we multiply it by 75%, and then we check to see if there's a payment limit. So let's say we had 1,000 acres at $148 per acre. That's $148,000. let us pretend like this is a corporation. If we take that, multiply it by 75%, now we're at $111 per acre. That's $111,000. So the farmer would collect all $111,000. If it's 2,000 acres, that's going to be $222,000. Again, if it's a corporation, we're going to be limited to 125,000. So that's that's just sort of how the calculations will work. Now let's assume that the farmer maybe because hey, times were tough, they elected a smaller coverage level of 60%. In that case, our ERP factor is now 85% and that's going to result in a payment of $246.50 per acre but there was no crop insurance payment because it didn't qualify at 60%. It qualified at 80, but not 60%. This final payment is then multiplied by 75% or a total payment $185 per acre. Now, comparing the two farmers, the farmer at the 80% level, that farmer is gonna qualify for $308 per acre. The 197 paid as crop insurance plus the $111. So they, they, they elected a higher coverage, so they're going to qualify for more. Now, the one that only at the 60% level, it got paid nothing in 2021, but it's going to get $185 uh, per acre for the 2021 ERP, but then subject to the overall payment limit of 125 or 250 or what it might be. Now, 
also within they're going to qualify for an additional amount based on whatever the premium is that they paid. Um, I did not include that in my calculations on the um, on the example here on the blog. So so that's sort of how it looks. Now, what that means is for a lot of producers out there uh, that had higher APHs, you know, they very easily could get hit with the payment limit. For those producers, let's say they have less than a thousand acres of, of production, and especially if they have some crop share, but let's say they have a thousand acres. I'm going to say for most, because there was hardly any corn payments last year, soybean payments, uh, most of the crop insurance was based on wheat. Not going to be very many wheat producers out there with an APH over 100. You know, typically it's going to be in that 30, 40, 50 bushel area. Now, certain parts of the country easily could be over 100. So, so I think payment limits, you're going to be in that 2,000 acres if you're an entity. If you've been set up as a general partnership and so on, then you're probably looking at uh, your payment limits are going to be based on the number of people, the number of owners that you have in the partnership, assuming they're equal owners. If you have four owners, but one owner owns 90% and the other three owners own 3.33% each, uh, then you're looking at about one payment limit. So unless they change the rules on that, I didn't see anything in the fact sheet indicating that. So this is just a summary of the new ERP. I know there will be more details coming out. You know, the local FSA office is going to get trained on this, but I'm fairly comfortable that I think I've done a pretty good overview of how it works. And with that, I'm going to sign off. Again, this is the Farm CPA podcast presented by Top Producer, and I'm Paul Neifer, your host, signing off. Get timely updates about taxation, accounting, succession planning, and other issues that are unique to farmers and agribusiness processors. Find out about major agribusiness events and how to comply with new laws that affect your business. Subscribe to Farm CPA at blogs.claconnect.com forward slash agribusiness and experience the CLA promise. blogs.claconnect.com forward slash agribusiness.